Welcome to The Art of Significance with your host, Hall of Fame speaker, New York Times bestselling author, university professor, gold record songwriter, and award-winning athlete, Dan Clark. Get ready for engaging discussions with some of the most influential people in the world who will impart their wisdom, stories, and inspiration on why and how to achieve the level beyond success. Now here's your host, Dan Clark. How are you? Welcome to my show. Welcome to the Influencers Channel. And I, again, have a shout out to the owner, producer, visionary Jeff Spinard, who has given me this opportunity to be on air for so long. He is voiceamerica.com and he changes lives, you know, one program, one minute on the air program at a time. And uh, at this holiday season, regardless if you have a religious tradition or not, we need to be grateful for our family, grateful for the influences in our lives, grateful for our freedom. I always have a shout out to our military families, not just those in uniform who are serving, but those who are family members who are also serving with sacrifice and service before self. And we love our military. I, I honor you. You know, I always have a, a guest and uh, most hosts always have a guest. But because I'm a professional speaker and I've written 34 books, I thought today I would just do something selfish and put my twist on the holidays. And it's the beginning of December. So we still have quite a few days left of shopping, of family gatherings, of festivities. Um, and and I, I want to put kind of a, a an, an entree if you will, a preamble to the holiday season, even though it officially kicked off with Thanksgiving. And to do so, yeah, I have a twisted sense of humor. And if my voice didn't hurt so badly, I would sing my version of Jolly Old St. Nicholas. But this is something you can look forward to. I will release the recording very, very soon. And I've already had serious nibbles from for, from radio stations across our country, up into Canada, even some in Europe. They want my version of Jolly Old St. Nicholas again. I will not sing it, but let me put uh, the program in perspective, and you visualize the melody tune of Jolly Old St. Nicholas, <clears throat> and I'm just going to share my lyrical change to this magnificent historical song. Jolly old St. Nicholas sitting in his thong, now retired in Miami, snowsuit seems so wrong. Checks his list to see who's bad and disregards the good, only cares about the girls gone wild down in the hood. Still has toys, delivers gifts, but not in his big sled. Reindeer hate humidity, It's Harley Rides instead. There's still Christmas. He just gave his gig to someone new. Santa's now a homeboy hip-hop happening with his crew. He still chuckles, ho, 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 in South Beach. He is right. Women throw themselves at him. It's party time each night. Yo-Yo Nick has quite the crib with a backyard boat and dock. Tired of the travel, he's now Nicky from the block. Shaved his beard, got a thick gold chain and a cool Rudolph tattoo. Says better pout cry tells you why the mistletoe pulls through. He tried out but was just too stout to make the Chippendales. So now he's a Chips Ahoy dancer called Jolly Old Beached Whale. <laughs> no hate mail. I will not turn on the phones quite yet. 
But again, I promise you need to look forward to my magnificent Christmas songs to be released very, very soon, to be heard maybe on my station, maybe on this program, but definitely on radio stations across the country. So, because it is the holiday season, uh, let me just share something that I think is so critically important for us to understand and buy into as we approach this holiday season in 2018. The holidays are are back. It just seems like it was 2017 and now it's 2018. Where's the time going? And I'm sure you'll all agree that once the holidays are back and we endless travelers know that our opportunity to share significant emotional events and create lasting personal and professional growth is why we do what we do. And it's all while we're exploring the tastes and sounds of different lifestyles and colorful rituals and unique cultures in foreign lands. All of these experiences have made our relationship special and once again affirmed the true meaning of the holidays for me. There's no place like home. I have one more trip for this year. I'm going to Puerto Rico for three days. A shout out to uh, John Lee Dumas, who's one of the most phenomenal human beings on the planet. Check out his podcast at Entrepreneurs on Fire, EOF. And uh, I'll be uh, having dinner with my buddy John uh, as soon as I get to to Puerto Rico. Uh, For me, the holidays are a time for reflection and looking in. Crossing from one year to the next can... Next, sorry, I'm clipping out. Crossing from one year to the next can actually make us wish for new beginnings, healthier lifestyles, stronger relationships, and the chance to be better human beings. Finding ways to contribute to make our world run more fairly and safely for all life on earth. Let's just face it, my friends, life is short, and it might be shorter if we don't take better care of our minds and bodies and nurture our souls with what really matters most. Most And remember, what really matters most is what lasts the longest. As I shared in my latest book, The Art of Significance, Achieving the Level Beyond Success, and yes, it's available where all great books are sold, Amazon is including Barnes & Noble. In that book, I, I, I share that successful people get what they want by focusing on a destination that's impressive. But to be truly significant, we must focus on a journey of importance. So we want what we get, and we do not die with our music still in us. Through many incredible once-in-a-lifetime experiences, my 60 years, can you believe it? I'm old. I Hopefully, I look younger than that. My 60 years on earth have taught me that the secret to abundance lies in the full understanding that wealth flows through you, not to you. And teaming up with my mentor, Zig Ziglar, who literally personally coached me for over 25 years, when I say wealth flows through you, not to you, Zig amends that with we can get anything in life that we want if we are willing to help enough other people get what they want, which means the secret of happiness is realizing that we become the average of the five people we associate with the most which I almost say on every one of my shows because it's the foundational philosophy and belief system on which every activity and everything we do rests. You think about it. At some point, we've got to realize that the only place from which a person can grow is where he or she is. 
We have to go where they are physically, mentally, and emotionally, socially, spiritually, financially, because it's only in that place where we can gently invite them to trust us and allow us to inspire them to grow. And it begins with ourselves. Think about it. When you're scheduling an Uber ride, they ask for our current location. And if you think about it, if you lie about your location, then the directions won't work. The directions won't work. So we've got to be honest with ourselves. Where are you today, presently, today, right now? Not where do you want to go, but we've got to begin from where we are. We've got to stand up from where we sit. We've got to grow from where we are planted. And so it's so critically important that we understand that the, 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 the goal is not to just get what we want by focusing on a destination that's, impre- that's impressive. To be truly significant, as I said a moment ago, we must focus on a journey of importance. And as I was stating that, you know, as I, as I travel around and I realize that wealth flows through you, not to you, this means that the secret to happiness is realizing that we really do, in fact, become the average of the five people we associate with the most. And because likes attract likes, in order for us to have an extraordinary relationship, we must first be an extraordinary person. So for these reasons, my friends, my holiday message on this show is an amalgamation of Feliz Navidad and Happy Hanukkah in a mindset of humility towards my friends of other faiths. Those of you who really know me know I'm a devout Christian and I'm a man of faith. And let's just talk about how significant it is for us to be men and women of faith. If families aren't forever, then what's forever for? And when I traveled to the edge of space, it was so obvious to me that we are more than mere mortal beings living on a small planet for a short season. We better start figuring out what is our purpose. And when we start answering that that, that question or finding the answers to that question, it creates a curiosity in people like me who like to go to historical facts, who like to get the real side of the story, especially the story of Christmas, the story of Hanukkah. We know through historical documentation, religious writings, and the timeline celebrations of Jewish feasts and holidays, that Jesus was not born on December 25th. Jesus of Nazareth was born in a manger in Bethlehem during the last week of March or the first week of April. This means Christmas is a state of mind that we could and should celebrate every single day, 365 days of year, which means it's less about a birthday and more about recommitting ourselves to live what Jesus taught about unconditional love, charity, ministering to the hungry and homeless, turning the other cheek, Forgiving our enemies, that's my toughest one, and loving our neighbors as ourselves because when we are in the service of others, we are in the service of Almighty God. Living a life of significance is never about who is right, but what is right. So let's shift gears from our Christian Christmas tradition to the religious tradition called Hanukkah. It's a Jewish festivity period that lasts for eight days and nights, celebrating the miracle that occurred during the rededication of their temple. 
After the forces of Antiochus IV had profaned and defiled the ritual temple, uh, the, the ritual olive oil, the Maccabees found only a single container that was still sealed by the high priest with enough oil to keep the menorah in the temple lit for just a single day. Now think about it. Hanukkah represents miracles in all of our lives. Let me repeat. The Maccabees only found a single container that was still sealed by the high priest with enough oil to keep the menorah in the temple lit for a single day. They used this, yet it burned for eight days, the time it took to have new oil pressed and made ready. This means Hanukkah inspires all of us to rededicate ourselves to exercising stronger faith and staying true to our beliefs in something larger than ourselves, that we may let our lights that we may let our light so shine and glorify our creator in everything we do. My prayer at this time of the year is that we put the spirit and teachings of Christ back into Christmas while rededicating ourselves in the spirit of Hanukkah, that miracles happen and the best is yet to be. So let's just take a moment and define before we go to our first commercial break, what does a miracle consist of? What does miracle mean to you? Most people think a miracle is just something that we cannot explain. Well, my question is, are miracles things that happen or in a cause and effect world, in a world governed by laws, rewards for obedience to the law and consequences for disobedience? In a cause and effect world, can we not in fact create miracles in our own lives and especially in the lives of others. To me, that's what this holiday season is about, is focusing in on others with the intent to create miracles in their lives through service before self, knowing, knowing what all we, we all know, but I'm just reminding us, knowing that through service, both the giver and receiver of service are transformed in the process of giving and giving and giving and loving and loving and loving and serving and serving and serving. One of the classic examples of all time, the timeless classic example of the significance of service comes from examining the famous 12-step program in Alcoholics Anonymous. It's the most successful, for over 75 years, it's the most successful program, non-medical program to beat and overcome any addiction on our planet. And what they tell us is that these 12 steps must be taken in order, if you will, and they're not mutually exclusive. They become simultaneous events once you understand what the step is. Step number one is admit you have a problem. And as you know, I put a big emphasis on words. You don't say I have a problem because that sounds, oh, so unsurmountable. You convert that word problem to a challenge, which is like, bring it on, you know. I've got to learn from this. You never lose if you always learn. And so when we start talking about our opportunities to serve, let's look at the AA 12 steps. Because everyone involved with Alcoholics Anonymous will tell you, you can get the first 11 steps down as an automatic belief and action in your life. But if you do not get the 12th step down, so it becomes an automatic response. So it becomes an automatic 
thought and behavior and philosophical lifestyle, it doesn't matter that you are living and obeying the first 11 steps. If you do not obey and live by the 12th step, you will start drinking again. The 12th step is find another addict and help him or her. At the end of the day, it's still about service. If we want to get better, if we want to heal, or if we're feeling down and out, like, whoa, me, all we have to do is find someone else and serve him or her. And it's amazing how our spirits and our optimism are elevated in the process through service before self. And because that is so true, let me just change the way you think about your belief in Santa Claus and let this percolate as we go to the first commercial break. You see, I want you see, I want all of you to understand that I actually saw Santa Claus. Let me repeat that. I saw Santa Claus. Everyone should believe in Santa Claus. My children were raised on the wonderful Christmas story of the Polar Express, where no matter what happens in your life, if you continue to believe in Santa, you will always hear the sleigh bell. To this day, if you ask any of my children if they believe, and now they are all adults, they will, emphatic, they will emphatically tell you, yes, I believe. Regardless of our ages or level of education, Santa Claus exists as certainly as love and compassionate service, charitable giving, and devotion exist, which are responsible for life's greatest joys. Santa exists as certainly as creativity and imagination exist, which transform our thoughts from probability to possibility. Are you with me? You see, it's been said that nothing enhances authority more than silence. Integrity counts. Candor counts. Honor counts. And so it is with Santa Claus. He exists as certainly as Disneyland existed in the mind of Walt Disney. When Walt died, when Walt died prior to the opening of Disney World, a journalist commented to his brother Roy, quote, it's a shame Walt didn't live long enough to see the completion of his incredible amusement park. Brother Roy replied, you are wrong, sir. My brother Walt Disney did see it finished. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. Yes, my friends, there really is a Santa Claus. Otherwise, we should have no fulfillment in any aspect of our lives, except in sense and sight. And if you never see Santa coming down your chimney, what does that prove? The most authentic and real things in the world are those that neither children nor men and women can physically see. They must be visualized and felt visualized and felt. This is Dan Clark on the Influencers Channel, obviously voiceamerica.com. You can join my tribe at danclark.com, my website. You can also check out the other many channels that are part of the Voice America family of suites of, of, of programming that allow you to take yourself to the next level and become the best version of yourself. And I highly recommend that you take advantage of everything that Jeff Spinard and his amazing team and crew at voiceamerica.com have created. This is Dan Clark. Let's go to a commercial break, a commercial message. 
and we'll be right back with more thoughts and some of my lyrical poetry on the significance of this holiday season and how perhaps we can make it more meaningful in our lives and the lives of our children, our families, and those whom we serve through service before self. We'll be back in a minute. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. If you're an event meeting planner like me, you have two ongoing challenges. You can't afford to have a speaker who bombs. And when you do have an amazing speaker, who in the world do you bring into next year's meeting that will top them? Well, you never have to worry again. Book Dan Clark. Dan Clark is one of the most incredible human beings on the planet. He's been named one of the top 10 speakers in the world. He's known for customizing his speech around your meeting theme. So your people leave with benefits that last a lifetime. Here's the number, 1-800-676-1121. Or just visit danclark.com. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. You're listening to The Art of Significance featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop down a line via email to danclark at xmission.com. Now back to the Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. Welcome back. And as we usher in the holiday season, the festivities, I, uh, I have taken the liberty to not invite a guest on my show today and just share my thoughts about the holiday season, about the spirit of Christmas, about the belief in Santa Claus that, yes, before the break, I convinced everyone on the planet that he does exist. We see him every single day. And uh, to those of you who are friends of other faiths, especially the the Jewish individuals whom I love and respect, uh, I celebrated uh, a shout-out to Happy Hanukkah explaining the significance of that eight-day miracle that reminds all of us about how important it is for us to always believe and increase our faith in those things that we can't see but are evidenced that are true. So in my twisted sense of humor style, let's bring you back to the show with my rendition that I quoted last Christmas and by popular demand and a special request that I just received let me share my version of the night before Christmas. Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the house, things were real mellow, even Irving the mouse. Our boots were hung up, the incense was lit, in hope that St. Nick would soon do his bit. The tree was decked out, it was really a sight, with love beads and flowers and a flashing strobe light. Wearing my t-shirt from Woodstock Nation, I was just getting into some good meditation and my chick was doing some yoga in bed, munching a fruitcake while propped on her head. Then pow in the light, a hullabaloo, it shook the waterbed and woke up old blue. I stumbled around and tripped on my beard. It stuck to my toes and felt really weird. When I got to the window, I was really uptight because the scene I perceived was a mind-blowing sight. 
What through my shades did I see through the snow but eight tiny mooses in a wild UFO? With the big dude inside looking kinky and groovy, I flashed, is this Nick or some kind of movie? They came from the cosmos like a far-out caboose, and this fat cat kept yelling at each midget moose, right on, Dasher, on, Dancer, Rudolph, you be mean. Get your bods in high gear now and move this machine. Then onto the roof, they flew with a shout. The whole cosmic crew really freaked me out. They caused such a hassle and made such a fuss, I thought the fuzz would be called down on us. But before I could say, hold down that loud jive, Nick zapped toward the chimney and leaped in with the dive. He trucked from the fireplace, his smile all agleam. I thought, it's unreal, it must be a dream. Then he nodded and said, this isn't a bummer. Like, dude, I've come in peace to groove my Yule number. His duds were all fur, trimmed in leather and such. And he came in stone funky, he was really too much. His backpack was painted with blacklight festoon full of albums and posters and a neon balloon. His eyes a light show. His beard did glow bright, a plastic, fantastic kaleidoscope sight. He looked like a guru, this beautiful cat. I thought, wow, like, wow, this dude knows where it's at. Don't want to sound heavy, he said with a grin. My message is simple, so dig it. Tune in. I brought you some goodies, but that's not the thing. My real trip is bringing good vibes to this scene. So we rapped till dawn about peace, love, and truth. Then he said, got a splitter. I'll be late until Duluth. He wiggled his nose and finished his bit. And straight up the smoke hole, this fat cat did split. As he spun from the roof and into the air, he yelled, get your head straight, you people down there. Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. And then in a flash, he streaked out of sight. Dan Clark's version of the night before Christmas. And we need to understand because, simply just because of my ability to change the lyrics and keep the melody the same, Reminding everybody that you have that same ability if you just use passion, creativity, and imagination. What we need to do is take that ability that we have to see things as they are and make sure we can create them into things they are not, not looking at for looking at them for what they actually are, but for what they have the potential to be. And as I mentioned before the commercial break, Christmas then is a state of mind. Jesus is not was not born on December 25th. We know that. He was born in the last week of March, the first week of April. We know that historically, which inspired me to write one of my Christmas songs, again, that will be released shortly, and hopefully, if you're interested, danclark.com is my website, and you can uh, you can start ordering or figuring out a way to get my recorded tunes, because I believe they're a unique twist on the holiday spirit, especially on the Christmas songs that we've all heard so many times, knowing that we should find some other messages. I like to contribute to that menu, that suite of new songs. This first one I want to quote the lyric to is called Christmas State of Mind. The war was on, the fighting fierce now in its seventh year. But soon they'd eased their anger because the holiday was near. The generals told their troops to cease their fire Christmas Day. And so they did, then realized it was still a day away. Father had been away on business, gone for two weeks straight. 
His little family needed him, but working wouldn't wait. He hustled home for Christmas Eve to share gifts Christmas Day, then realized through time travel change was still a day away. The chorus, Christmas can come more than once a year. A baby born in Bethlehem began a message clear. If one day we can honor foes and love so family knows, every day can be that kind. It's all about a Christmas state of mind. We sing, let there be peace on earth and give peace a chance. While politicians play their games of power, land, romance. Summits here and meetings there, they fight to make peace stay. Yet every time they're interviewed, they're still a day away. What if there were no more days except the one today? No other chance to take a stance, no other price to pay. Even if it wasn't Christmas, would you serve and give? Would you be more than you've been with one more day to live? Christmas can come more than once a year. A baby born in Bethlehem began a message clear. If one day we can honor foes and love so family knows, every day can be that kind. It's all about a Christmas state of mind. Yes, Christmas state of mind is not religion that you find. It's a way of living daily life that Christ started at Christmas time. Think about it. Think about it, and not just the, the the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ, who in my belief system truly is the Savior of the world, but let's kind of remind ourselves that Jesus uh, was the only perfect man on earth, and he, he learned through the things which he suffered. He was tempted. He had to experience some downs. He had to experience some sorrow and as I've said in another one of my songs even Jesus even God gets the blues so let's just talk about him starting his ministry at age 30 and only preaching for three years before he was crucified before that what happened how did Jesus learn what he learned for those 30 years before he publicly announced that he was now a a preacher Well, I wrote a song about that speculation and being a father, being a man. Those of you who have heard my song that I wrote about my my special father, my sweet dad, the lyrical hook is any male can be a father, but it takes a special man to be a dad. I've often wondered about how Jesus grew up and what he not only learned from his mother, Mary, But where else did he learn the things he learned that prepared him to go on his ministry at age 30? I call this song, The Carpenter's Son. Joseph knew his newborn son was special. Joseph knew an angel gave his name. Jesus would go on to be redeemer, but how did he learn who and why he came? Joseph must have taught his son of Mary. Joseph must have taught his son to pray. At 12 years old alone, he taught in temples because Joseph's words inspired him each day. Chorus, Christmas celebrates the birth of Jesus. Virgin Mother Mary's honored too. But don't forget the carpenter who taught his son his trade. 30 years of mentoring the things they must have made. Don't forget example is the greatest way to teach. That Jesus taught what he had seen, then practiced what he preached. Christmas celebrates his birth and everything he's done. 
Yes, God's his father, but he's the carpenter's son. Joseph must have taught his son to listen. Joseph must have taught his son to love. Jesus knew the law and quoted prophets, because Joseph knew it too, taught from above. Joseph's message fit with his son's gospel. That's why he could be his young son's guide. He and Heavenly Father loved their Jesus. They both wept when he was crucified. Chorus Christmas celebrates the birth of Jesus. Virgin Mother Mary's honored too. But don't forget the carpenter who taught his son his trade. 30 years of mentoring the things they must have made. Don't forget example is the greatest way to teach. That Jesus taught what he had seen and practiced what he preached. Christmas celebrates his birth and everything he's done. Yes, God's his father, but he's the carpenter's son. Think about that as we continue on with some lyrics with my phone ringing in the background, but you'll just have to forgive that because obviously I'm broadcasting from my uh, office today. Snowy, snowy day, the beautiful snow-capped mountains here in Utah. And what an opportunity for uh, me to participate with Voice America, headquartered in Phoenix, Arizona. Yes, maybe I should always fly in there once a week to do my show. So I do have the sun and the beauty, but we also have the sun glazing and glistening off the snow-capped mountains here in Utah. This brings me to another tune I want to share before we go to our last commercial break and take it on in. You know, Christmas seems to have uh, become so commercial that we oftentimes get so caught up in all the hustle and bustle that we forget to do unto others as we would have them do unto us. The obvious golden rule. One of the things that is important for us as parents to understand is the example we can set by teaching our children service before self. And it's hard for us to just introduce concepts at a random time for no apparent reason. So let's use this Christmas season. Let's use this Hanukkah season. Let's use this holiday season as an opportunity to avoid being accused of random thoughts and random ideas and random service and teach our children and our family members and our friends and colleagues and neighbors what it really means to serve others, what Jesus's life really does represent and what the gospel of Jesus Christ really is about is charity, which is the pure love of Christ. So to teach something like this, may we just make a recommendation here. So when our children were young, we took them up to a grocery store and we gave each of them $20. And we said, we're going to meet back here at the cash register in about 30 minutes. You do whatever you want to do and you buy things that you believe a homeless person in the cold by themselves without shelter, always in search of food, whatever the case may be. We want you to go into the aisles of this store, which was a combination grocery store and just a magnificent store that had everything. And we'll meet back in the front of the store uh, to pay for these items and you have 30 minutes. So each of our children, all under the age of 16, we turned them loose in the store and 30 minutes later they came back with gloves and chapstick 
and sunglasses and a scarf and suntan lotion, if you will, with the chapstick and power bars and gum and beanie hats. It was so extraordinary to see how clever our one son and three daughters were trying to figure out what they could purchase to give to some homeless folks. And then we brought these gifts home and we bought a case of oranges, a huge giant box of oranges. We put them in the car, all four of our children, and we drove downtown Salt Lake City to the area where most of the homeless people gather. It's where the soup kitchen is located and there would be a coagulation, if you will, a, a group gathered of the the, the, the the homeless individuals, the indigent individuals in our community to the tune of hundreds and hundreds of people on one or two streets and some back alleys behind a building where they could find shelter and some food. So we drove down there. And as we started to put our way down this alleyway, our entire SUV was encompassed by these homeless people in front of us. So we really couldn't go faster than one mile an hour. They were on our sides. They were looking in our windows. They were behind us. And understandably, our four children became very, very nervous and afraid. Daddy, daddy, lock the doors, lock the doors. I said, hey, it's going to be okay. And when we parked and I got out, uh, or actually as I opened the door, opened my, 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 driver's side door to get out, I turned to the back seat and I said to the children, I said, so who wants to get out? I'm not getting out. No, you get out. No, I'm not getting out. And my shyest child, she says, daddy, I'll get out with you. So she gets out with me while the other three children stay inside. And we proceed to open up these bags and start distributing these gifts to these homeless people. And within one minute, maybe less than a minute, the rest of our children saw how gracious and grateful these homeless people were, these people who happen to be homeless. Let's not put the emphasis on the the challenge. Let's put the emphasis on the human being. They have dignity and let's treat them with dignity. These individuals who happen to be homeless, how much love and, and, and respect they had one for another. They didn't grab and take something that 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 they felt was more than someone else deserved and then run away they basically kind of patiently stood in line and they 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 graciously accepted our gifts they said thank you and they immediately started to share them one with another it was the most amazing display of Christ-like love the most amazing display of the spirit of christmas the spirit of the holiday season that we'd ever seen And when I opened up the back of the SUV and I pulled out that case of oranges and we started to distribute them, it was amazing to us to see that when they were gone and we put the empty box back in the back, that the homeless people, again, were so grateful and they moved away so that we had a clear path to drive our car outside onto the highways again and return home. Our children never forgot that. So this Christmas, may I just update you as adult children, inviting their friends to join us. And our extended family, our son's now married with a beautiful child and a wonderful daughter-in-law, that what we'll do now is we'll put together what we are calling survival kits, where you just get one of those giant-sized Ziploc bags, and we go to the store. But now each child outside of our home, because we're empty nesters, 
Each child will go and they will decide what they want to buy that they can assemble in our house. So we'll meet downstairs in our dance room. We'll put out the long table. And in an assembly line process, we will fill these giant Ziploc bags with all kinds of things. And during the course of the year, you know that we as travelers, we take soap, especially the kind of soap that we enjoy. We'll take the bars of soap home, maybe the little miniature bottles of shampoo. Well, I don't do it because I need them at home. I do that because I love to put together these kits and give them to those who really can't afford to go to a store and buy these toiletries on their own. So for those of you who are speakers, entertainers, those of you who travel the world like me, it's not too late. I still have one more trip to to, to uh, Puerto Rico before the end of the season, and we need to 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 take the 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 the, the bars of soap, and the body lotion, and the shampoo from our hotel rooms, and maybe accept our family challenge for you to do the same. So in this survival kit, what we're hoping that our children will show up with. We will, because of what I do, we're going to provide the bars of soap and the shampoo and the body lotion for chap skin, which they could use. But we're hoping that they'll show up with beanies and with warm gloves and with scarves and sunglasses and definitely power bars. We want to give protein bars. You know, if we could give two or three protein bars in every single one of these, these survival kit baggies. Uh, Ziploc bags, it would be amazing what they would do, and some gum, and and obviously my brother-in-law is a dentist, so he's going to donate the toothbrushes and the toothpaste that we can put in, in each one of these Ziploc survival bags. It's just a thought. I'm just trying to inspire you to move forward and do something that perhaps you have always wanted to do, but you are in need of an idea suggestion. Uh, the joy that will come into our family, the love that they will feel through service before self will ignite the spirit of Christmas, the spirit of Jesus, the happy holiday and happy Hanukkah miracle reminders that it's up to us to have faith in what we can do and then to act on what we believe we can do so that it turns that faith into a reality. To put things into perspective and to go into our last commercial break, let me just share one more uh, lyrical poem, one of my songs that is a, a, a man in the mirror experience that was almost true for me uh, and inspired this song. I call it They Already, well, I won't give it away because the hook is more powerful if you wait. A father and his kids were Christmas shopping at the mall, toy store after store, a find, sorry, Let me start over. A father and his kids were Christmas shopping at the mall, toy store after store, to find a sold-out doll. Everything imaginable his children yearned to buy. Hours later, at the elevator, he would sigh, overwhelmed to go to every open house at night. Overweight from tasting every party treat in sight. Pressured to get perfect gifts for each one on his list. On the crowded elevator, mad, he shook his fist. Chorus, whoever started this whole Christmas thing should think again. He should be arrested for beginning all this given. Suddenly a voice whispered, woe, news is grim. You're too late. They already crucified him. A dad with no money was depressed at Christmas time. How he'd pay for gifts without an extra dime? 
Then he lost his job. Could Santa still arrive? Lost face with family, chose death over a being alive. When he went to end it all, he walked across a park, passed carolers through the lights and hid in the dark. Feeling life too painful, harder than he'd heard, yelled his last complaint. Then a miracle occurred. Whoever started this whole Christmas thing should think again. He should be arrested for beginning all this given. Suddenly a voice whispered, Woe, news is grim. You're too late. They already crucified him. Uh, What is Christmas? Why Christmas? Surely not for elves. It's about about the birth of our sweet brother, like no other, and what he came to do that we could never do ourselves. Whoever started this whole Christmas thing should think again. He should be arrested for beginning all this given. Suddenly a voice whispered, Whoa, news is grim. You're too late. They already crucified him. Let's go to a commercial break and we'll come back for the last few minutes. As this has just been my offering in this Christmas season to help you usher in this holiday month of December. No, I haven't had a guest but hopefully you're getting something at least stimulating some imagination and feeling of my love for Christ at this time and my love for each of you for tuning in and responding so positively over these months to my guests and the messages that I've delivered. This is Dan Clark, voiceamerica.com, the influencers channel. Let's take our last commercial break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a moment for my close to usher in the December holiday season. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. I just got out of a meeting where the unbelievable Dan Clark was the keynote speaker. He is clearly the most interesting man in the world. He's been into space. He reminded us to think bigger. He's a primary contributor to those chicken soup books. And he inspired all of us to make our lives matter. He taught us how to deal with change like he had to when he had to recover from a paralyzing football injury. Everybody needs to hear his message on leadership and safety and how he turns last place NFL teams into Super Bowl champions. Call this number, 1-800-676-1121 and visit danclark.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You're listening to The Art of Significance, featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop Dan a line via email to danclark at xmission.com. Now back to The Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. Welcome back, and I don't apologize for being a man of faith, but I hope I did not offend any of you who are friends of other faiths, as I've been trying to celebrate service before self and all the wonderful things that we need to be uh, as we believe in God. Let me put that into perspective, because I really believe that Christmas, as you've heard me say, is more than just a a, a Christian holiday or celebration of, of Jesus. It's what it represents, service before self. And may I just 
emphatically say, because I believe in Santa Claus, because I believe in Hanukkah, because I believe in, in Christmas, the same God who made you made me too. Let me share this lyrical story and see if this will help heal the world in some way. I heard the screeching cars crash, hurting child and dad. Mangled next to one another, both were bleeding bad. Dad was white, returning from a meeting of the clan. Child was black, was thrown out of the other minivan. An Arab doctor stopped. Two other rescuers were Jews. One got cut, and now no one could tell whose blood was whose. Chorus. Who decided who has royal blood and who is and whose is who? Are there really four gods, racist, Muslim, Christian, Jew? Four gods in the heavens fighting about what's right for you? No way. They all claim the same almighty Abram knew. It's one world under one God, indivisible and true. The same God who made me made you too. Two foreign college roommates, friends, when war got started, called to back called back home to serve their countries, hugged as they departed. On the battlefield, when aimed to shoot around the bend, but luckily he, he stopped. There in his gun sight was his friend. Stepping over fallen soldiers, both sides dead from guns. Friend and foe had bled so much, the pool from both was one. Who decided who has royal blood and whose is who? Are there really four gods, racist, Muslim, Christian, Jew? Four gods in the heavens fighting about what's right for you? No way. They all claim the same almighty Abram knew. It's one world under one God, indivisible and true. The same God who made me made you too. We're all made in the image of God. So which race color got the nod? Yeah, we came on different ships, but we're in the same boat now. Let us pause to question, but then answer with a vow. Who decided who has royal blood and whose is who? Are there really four gods, racist, Muslim, Christian, Jew? Four gods in the heavens fighting about what's right for you? No way. They all claim the same almighty Abram knew. It's one world under one God, indivisible and true. The same God who made me made you too. Think about it. And let's start wondering and asking ourselves deeper thoughts to bring Christ back into Christmas, to bring the spirit of miracles from Hanukkah during this holiday season, to reach out to friends of other faiths so that we can celebrate what Christmas is supposed to be about, and that is service before self. So instead of uh, sharing one last lyrical poem, let me share an experience I had as a, a member of the International Board of Governors of Operation Smile. It's my favorite charitable organization in the world. Yes, we need to support uh, the, the anti-child trafficking, the Operation Underground Railroad. I've had Tim Ballard on my show. And yes, we need to support the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Frank Schenkwitz is one of all of our heroes who started the Make-A-Wish Foundation for Terminally Ill Children. 
But again, my my greatest return on experience has been my involvement with the with the Operation Smile movement started by Bill and Kathy McGee, Doctor Bill McGee, and his amazing uh, nurse wife uh, Kathy. The story I want to just share is a proof that through service before self, both the giver and receiver of service are transformed in the process. And that's what this holiday season means to me. I met Jose and the story changed my life forever. Operation Small was started in Norfolk, Virginia by Dr. Bill McGee. As he came out of medical school as a plastic surgeon, he convinced some of his fellow plastic surgeons to volunteer their time and go abroad to a developing country to perform free volunteer surgeries on children with facial deformities. And they honed in on those children with cleft lip and cleft lip and cleft palate. So if you can visualize this young baby with a giant hole in his or her face, monsters, and unless they're surgically repaired, they cannot kiss their own mother goodnight. They cannot hold down liquids. They cannot hold down food. And therefore, they're anemic and their malnutrition. It just takes, their, their, it takes its toll. So Dr. McGee and his fellow volunteer plastic surgery surgeons chose the Philippines to perform their very first Operation Smile humanitarian mission. It went well, and they came back and found sponsors in Johnson & Johnson, Unilever, and some of these companies that would give them, that would donate their, 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 their supplies. And the fame grew in the Philippines, and on one occasion, the word spread throughout the country that Operation Smile surgeons and nurses and speech pathologists, dentists were coming to Manila to perform these free uh, surgeries on children with facial deformities, especially cleft lip and cleft palate. Well, the fame of this missionary tour, if you will, this humanitarian mission spread throughout the countryside all the way to the outskirts of a tiny village where Jose was an adult. Jose at the time was 21-ish, 22 years of age, and he had a three-pound tumor growing from his chin. Visualize a bowling ball hanging from your bottom lip, and in his culture, they believed he was possessed of the devil. No parent would let their child play with Jose, and he would scare everyone. So the only time he could go outside was under the disguise of a bandana that he would put over the lower part of his face. And he was never allowed to go to school. He didn't play with children and be invited to any parties. He couldn't land a job. He just scrambled. And at the age of 21 to 22, he was suicidal. He didn't believe his life had mattered at all. And yet he heard of this this humanitarian mission of doctors from the States coming to the Philippines, coming to Manila to perform facial surgeries. So he visualized planes, trains, and automobiles. He literally walked and hiked and floated across rivers for three days. It took him to get to Manila. He showed up, went through the pre-screening, and he didn't qualify because, number one, he didn't have a cleft lip, cleft palate. Number two, he was not a, a child. And when Dr. McGee and his fellow volunteer surgeons showed up, they had limited time and limited resources and supplies, so they had to screen him out of the process. Brokenhearted, Jose walks and hikes the 3.5, three-and-a-half-day journey back to his village. When 
Dr. McGee and the doctors were leaving Manila and they saw how many hundreds of people they had to turn away. They promised that they were going to return in six months with more time, more doctors and better supply, more supplies. And so Jose hung on the hope that these doctors were going to come back. And sure enough, he counted the days. And when it came time, he made the three and a half day journey back to Manila, hiking over mountains, you know, forging rivers. It was unbelievable what he had to go through to get to Manila. And he went through the screening process again and again did not qualify. He came to the end and his name was no longer on the board. He walked all the way back to his village and with the idea that suicide was his only option, that he'd been a, a, a prisoner in his own body for his entire life. Like I said, visualize never being able to kiss your own mother goodnight. Can you imagine? And yet he decided he was going to give it one more shot because the doctors of Operation Smile promised that they were again going to return in, th- in three to six months' time back to Manila to perform more surgeries with more supplies. Having faith in that process, he circled the date, and Jose again walked the three and a half miles to Manila, and this time he went through the pre surgery screening and he got the last number his name was the last one on the board posted and that means that the show is over and i will conclude the story next week to continue on our celebration with the holidays this is dan clark voiceamerica.com influencers channel have a great week Thanks for being part of the show. Be sure to join Dan Clark next Monday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time for another edition of The Art of Significance on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Remember, you too can achieve the level beyond success.